Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin of Behind the Steel Curtain with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Monday. Hope you had a great weekend, and some of you might have today off of work. If you're not listening to this on Monday, that's okay. Nothing that you're hearing is going to be that time sensitive. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. We'll get to that when we get to the news, but still, welcome to the podcast. In case you're a new listener, I hope that you uh, stick around, not just for my show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but all of our content. Remember, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain so that you don't miss a thing. All right, today's an exciting show for a lot of reasons. I know that a lot of fans, part of the people, the Ride or Die crew, like the Monday shows in the off season because it's where I have my uh, Monday morning conversation. And I had told you that this is going to start today, and it will start today in the second half of this podcast. And it's probably going to be more like the after the first quarter because I know this is something that always takes a little bit of time. Dave Schofield, yes, the Stat Geek, is going to be joining me to talk about the top five team needs heading into the offseason. We're going to give our list. We're going to talk about it, debate it. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing this now, I believe, for two years straight, and we will obviously do this again after free agency and prior to the NFL draft. So it's a an ongoing thing with us. We love doing this. It's just a fun way to talk about what the Steelers team needs really are heading into the offseason, especially as it's so young for the Steelers. But before we get to that... Let's get to some news. Uh, For those of you out there that have been waiting with bated breath to see the tweet, read the article, listen to the podcast that states that Matt Canada has been fired as the Steelers offensive coordinator. Well, I hate to tell you this, but it hasn't happened, at least not yet. The Steelers have not made any coaching changes, at least none that have been known as of now. And that would include the offensive coordinator. And there's a lot of people that are really upset about this. Now, as of the time of this being recorded, in in Matt Canada's world, no news is good news. And it's looking right now that everything seems to be in place, at least to the Steelers' standards, for next season. That doesn't mean changes still couldn't happen. I want to say it was when uh, Todd Haley was let go or did not have his contract renewed, to put it that way. It didn't happen right away. The Steelers like to take their time, like Tomlin said. They will take their time, but as of now, there is no changes with the Steelers' offensive play caller, much to the dismay of many in Steeler Nation. The NFL playoffs, this super, as they call it, super wild card weekend is, at the time of this being recorded, is is over half done. Um, obviously, I have to get this done before the night game, which is the Bengals and the Ravens. We'll talk about that on Wednesday, but a crazy game in Buffalo. Uh, did not really expect that game to be as competitive as it was. Uh, the Bills hang on, find a way to win, and the Miami Dolphins, well, what a valiant effort. We'll put it that way. Uh, the, the game against the, the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers, what a finish to that game. And I, I actually did, I didn't stay up and watch that. Are you kidding me? I didn't stay up for that. But I watched the highlights of it. Now, Michaels, my gosh, he and Tony Dungy, it, it almost felt like the – the play, the the two, especially the two point conversion with Trevor Lawrence going over the top, it felt like it woke them up. Like, oh my gosh, there's a football game going on. Just a horrible call to such a big moment, but a huge win for Jacksonville. The the L.A. Chargers have to be absolutely sick to their stomach. I'm not sure if coaching changes will be necessary there. Uh, but then you know you go to the earlier game 
on Saturday, the San Francisco 49ers take care of business against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. It's been entertaining. It's been entertaining. I'm not sure I would call it super, but it's been entertaining. And this is what I want to talk about quickly before uh, I take a break and bring Dave in for the second half is something I wrote about in the letter from the editor article. It runs every Sunday during the offseason. I wrote, could the Steelers have done damage? In the NFL playoffs. And everyone knows, wow, they've won four games in a row. They won seven of their last nine. They finish after a two and six starts with a nine and eight record. We know that the the team had only, Kenny Pickett only turned the ball over one time since the bye. Uh, it, all these things, running the ball better, averaging over 140 yards a game in the second half. The defense, since they gave up 37 against Cincinnati, hadn't allowed a team to score over 17 points in the second half of the season. We all know the stats. I'm not going to regurgitate all that stuff to you, the listener. But what I want to say, or the discussion I want to have, is could the Steelers have done something they haven't done since 2016? And that is win a playoff game. Like That's the big question here, folks. Could the Steelers have not just made the postseason? We hear it from the, the, the detractors all the time. People that say, I hate Mike Tomlin's non-losing season record because it's not about winning more than you lose. It's about making the postseason and making noise when you get there. Winning Super Bowls. That's what everyone says it's all about. So could the Steelers have done it? Could, if they would have gotten in, let's say that you know the, the New York Jets find a way to beat Miami in Week 18, everything else falls into place, and the Steelers win, they, they get in, they win four straight, could they have won a game? So let's talk this out a little bit. We know where they would have gone. The Steelers would have had to go to Buffalo. That's right, another trip to Orchard Park, New York. The last time they were there, Week 5, the Steelers lost 38-3 to in Kenny Pickett's first start as a professional quarterback. It was a bloodbath that game. I just don't know. I think back to last season. Think back to 2021. Everything needed to happen the Steelers' way to get in. Jacksonville has to beat Indianapolis. The Steelers win in overtime against the Ravens in Week 18. They barely get in, and they have to go to Kansas City in the wild card round. And they get absolutely shellacked. Yes, it was close early. Yes, T.J. Watt kept them in it. But they were totally outclassed in that game. Anyone that says different wasn't watching the same game. Would the same thing have happened if the Steelers happened to get in and they go to Buffalo. Yeah, you watch the Buffalo-Miami game, and you think, well, maybe it could have been different. After all, it was last season in Week 1 in 2021 when the Steelers went to Buffalo and shocked the Bills. They harassed Josh Allen. They've done it before. I just don't know if it would have happened. That was with two weeks of preparation. The Steelers have shown they can definitely prepare for some opponents if they get that extra time. They wouldn't have had that extra time. And I wonder as a fan base and, and someone that has to keep their fingers on the tabs of these narratives that go around, I often ask myself, is the Steelers uh, the Steelers not getting in, winning four games in a row? Is that actually better for the fan perspective? The confidence is really high. We do the SB Nation Reacts polls. I just posted that on Sunday, the results. Outside of the beginning of the preseason when the Steelers – fan base was really high on the team, 91% approval uh, rating or confidence level, whatever you want to call it, it hadn't been higher since it was right now heading into the offseason at 88%. So if they would have lost in the playoffs or anything like that, I don't think it would have been that. So maybe it's kind of a blessing in disguise that the Steelers win four straight to go into the postseason, yet they don't make the postseason. And 
now all of a sudden everyone's kind of and this I guess this isn't just fans it could all obviously be the players too they're they're really positive about next season and and then maybe that's kind of playing the hindsight game but still something to consider something to consider I know it's early in the podcast and that's really odd that I'm taking a break here at the eight minute mark but nonetheless I want to get Dave Schofield on here to talk about team needs and it's going to take a little bit longer it always does so we're going to dive head first into our top five team needs when we come back after this break stay tuned we'll be right back Steeler fans, as promised, the Monday Morning Conversation has returned, and this has been a staple for the Monday Morning Conversation, and that is me bringing on Dave Schofield of Behind the Steel Curtain, obviously, and of the Stat Geek and the preview in the Scobro Show, and us talking about our top five team needs as the Steelers now head into the offseason. Dave, what's going on? Not much, Jeff. It was just a strange weekend with there being football and everything else, but no Steelers. It's just, it, it, it's a weird time of year. It is strange. It, it, you get used to the, I call it the grind. Other people just call it the weekly rhythm of everything. And it does throw you off. That's for sure. But we are here to talk about the team needs as the Steelers now enter the off season. You have to think about all the positional needs the Steelers might have. Now, I want to preface this with something. We are not trying to predict what we think the Steelers will do. We are giving you our individual one through five, top five team needs for the black and gold. So what we think is that the number one need on the team, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, Andy Weedle, and Art Rooney II might completely disagree with, but that's why we're doing this. This is our show. This is fun. So let's, we're going to start off one through five, one being the biggest team need in our opinion, and we'll work our way down to five. Dave, you're the guest. I'll let you go first. What is your top need positionally? And you can't cheat and say like defensive line and offensive line. You got to be specific. What is it? Well, how, what do you, I have to be that specific along, along the line? Yeah, for um, sure. Because I mean, you think about the offensive line, you can't just say okay. offensive line. You got to be given, I mean, what position are you talking gotcha. about? Gotcha. I, I I'm, I'm glad I'm getting these rules down because I that, that's not a problem. That's not We've a problem. We've done this so many times. I'm like, I know Dave's going to want specificity. He's going to want to know those <laughs> rules right off the bat. So let's get the okay. show going. All right. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and premise this to start is I'm looking at this right now. This is pre-free agency. This is pre-Steeler signing their own players, which they can do now. Um, and of course, pre-draft. And just because this is my number one team need doesn't mean that this is me saying this is what the Steelers should look for in the first round of the draft. I, I think we kind of understand that. Yeah. But to me, I think the biggest team need between not having the players and the quality of players that you have there, and even the players that you have there may be possibly being you know, someone that you might not want to bring back because of a big salary. I get the number one team need is inside linebacker Ooh. because, okay. because, you know, De Devin Bush with his, you know, the, it, it's, it's infamously cryptic tweet season. And yep. of course, you know, he's putting stuff out there about how it would be really nice to, you know, I, to me, it's him taking a shot at Mike Tomlin saying it would be nice to, to play for a coach that actually played in the NFL. 
um, and things of that nature. He's he's an afterthought. That that's the the, the those two are that's the, the the conscious uncoupling, which was what I was trying to reference on the preview. Um, that, that that's happening between the Steelers and Devin Bush. Um, basically, all, Robert Spillane, he's a free agent. I, I'm not saying that the Steelers aren't going to bring him back, but we got to remember, as of right now, you can't count on that. And you've got Miles Jack, who's got a pretty hefty salary for this year that the Steelers have to think about. And you got Mark Robinson. I mean, even Marcus Allen, who didn't even play a snap on defense but was just a special teams guy, he's even a free agent. They've really got nothing at the position, and what they had this past year wasn't all that wonderful. So to me, that's the number one. Now I have inside linebacker on my list, but it is not the number one. Um, for me, I thought about inside linebacker there, but I thought I, I got to stick to my guns as I watched the Steelers get annihilated by playoff teams like the Philadelphia Eagles and like the Buffalo bills. All I could see was that they were dominated in the trenches. I mean, absolutely manhandled. I went with defensive tackle slash defensive end or whatever you want to call it in the Steelers three, four scheme. I just think that with Cam Hayward, although he's playing so great being at the end of his career, it would be really great to have them go out and get a stud, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency. I think this would probably be more of an NFL draft selection. If I'm trying to pick between the two and we will be doing these team needs after free agency, after those first few waves die down, prior to the draft, et cetera. So this is not the only top five times we'll do this, but I'm going to go with defensive tackle because I think the Steelers, you can't bank on bringing back Larry Ogunjobi. Chris Wormley is a free agent and also has a torn up knee. Uh, Tyson Alualu is probably going to retire. When you talk about having a cover that's bare inside linebacker isn't the only position. If you think about what could happen on the Steelers roster. So I'm going to go defensive tackle number one. Dave, what do you have number two? That's a great segue because I'm going almost the same thing for number two because you said defensive tackle slash defensive end. I'm actually shifting it down a little bit because, you know, to me, when you say when you have a defensive tackle slash defensive end, that's a defensive end that he could even slide out even farther if you need someone like like what DeMarvin Leal was doing later, you know, at some points in the season where he was even lining up as an outside linebacker. To me, the, the, the big team need is your defensive tackle slash nose tackle. Mm, and the okay. reason that I say slash nose tackle is – People are people are wanting that Steelers big, you know, nose tackle that goes in there and plays a whole, you know, 15 snaps a game if all he does is play nose tackle. That's no good. That's why you need someone that could play nose and you can also have as your defensive tackle when when you go to your sub package football, when you're not playing three defensive uh, down linemen. So that's why I went with that need, which is basically the same thing that you're saying, but I want to make sure that the guy could even be a guy that could play to the inside. I'm talking... I'll, I'll throw the name out there. Other people at BTSC have done it. I'll throw the name out there, bringing someone back or a player similar to a Javon Hargrave yeah. you know, that could play the nose and can also play that tackle position in the sub-package game. Somebody like that. I'm also in favor with the Steelers if they could find a way to bring back Larry Ogunjobi. That would be great. But, I mean, think about it. Your number two and, in essence, was your number three defensive lineman for the season are both free agents because Chris Wormley, he played more 
when before he was injured than even the guys that were playing nose tackle. And he was doing a nice job as the number three guy. So your number two and number three guy for the year are, are gone. So this is, yes, you have young guys like Loudermilk, like Leal, but I also think that this is something that, that, that they could use and like either draft or free agency or kind of fill it in a little bit with both, but it is something that I thought was important. So that was my number two. Now, number two, I went with a position that I think the Steelers are going to have to target. And it's, I think this could be both, uh, but I could see them go either or in this position in terms of free agency or the draft. And that is wide receiver. Mm. I think that the Pittsburgh, I have that as my number two team need. And some people might scoff at that and think, ah, the offensive line, we'll get there. I went defensive line first, inside linebacker. Yeah, we'll get there. But I have wide receiver at number two. And the reason why is when you consider, you know, Chase Claypool got ships, gets shipped out. Great trade, worked out great for Pittsburgh. What do you have left? You have George Pickens, who is phenomenal, but still really raw. Deontay Johnson. Not sure how he fits at, in this offense. I mean, he'll fit because they signed him to that extension and they're not going to cut him. The dead cap hits too high or unless they find a trade partner, which I doubt, but then still you have really a lot of unknown commodities. Calvin Austin, the third, is he Sanquez Golson 2.0, or is he going to be a viable option in the slot? Miles Boykin is a free agent. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski. I haven't heard a thing about his knee injury, but I don't know if they're going to have him back either. Steven Sims, sure. Anthony Miller, maybe uh, you have all these unknown things. I could see them targeting a free agent and someone that is a known commodity. And then maybe in the later rounds of the draft, taking a flyer on a, on a receiver. But I just think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they want to be a dynamic offense, they need some players that can take the top off of a defense. Calvin Austin would fit that mold. But as is, hey, as we've seen from the Miami Dolphins, you can have more than one of those players. They do it with Waddle and, and Hill. I'd love to see the Steelers attack that in multiple ways. I've got receiver at number two. What about you, David? Number three. Well, should I comment on your receivers first? You because want to, sure. That's not even on my list, honestly. Really? It's not even on my list okay. because to me, upgrading at the receiver position is more of a luxury than some other places. I mean, I would, I'd even be okay if, you know, some people have the idea out there that the Steelers high in the draft could even, you know, have a nice little pit reunion and mm -hmm. kind of go the way that the Bengals did what, you know, with, yeah. with Joe Burrow and Jamar chase, I'm not opposed to that, but to me, that's a luxury, a luxury quote unquote draft pick after you filled your team needs, probably through free agency. So I just think there's more pressing things than that because they have some players that they could, that they could fill in to do those pieces. And you already know that you basically have a, another quote unquote draft pick because he didn't play it all this year. That's going to be like a rookie for him in, in Calvin Austin, the third without even spending any draft capital at the position already. So that's why I didn't go there. I believe it or not, I'm I, I'm sticking to the to the defensive side of the of the ball mostly because my number three I have his cornerback because the Steelers you know you have you have Levi Wallace he's back for uh, another year you have 
Akella Witherspoon, who spent more time not playing than he did playing this past year. I don't know if they're even going to, you know, he's one of those contracts. You got to decide if you want him around for the next year. Cam Sutton is a free agent. You got Arthur Millette, but you really, even with those guys, do you really have a, a real big number one cornerback? The Steelers, they, they were taking a flyer to see if they could find that when they did the trade for William Jackson III. Are they going to want to pay him the $12.75 million that he's due this year um, when they could, you know, if he walks, he, he's nothing against the salary cap if they decide to just let him go. What are they going to do with him based on that? That's a big question. Therefore, I, I think not just cornerbacks in general. I think having a true out there number one is what they really need because right now the the, the person that was that last year was Cam Sutton and he's a free agent. So you have cornerback three. I have cornerback three. Okay. I actually stay on the offensive side of the ball. I, I, I don't disagree with your cornerback. And, and a lot of these could be one through five moved around probably I think we'd both probably agree they could have multiple areas, but uh, number three for me is left guard. And the reason why I go with left guard and it was tempted with left tackle is that Dan Moore has two years left on his rookie contract. And so they, if they like what they see with Dan Moore, I could see them saying, we're going to give him another year left guard. You have Kevin Dotson who's entering the final year of his rookie contract. And Kendra green. I think if he proved anything is that he just doesn't have a spot in the NFL. He's not really a center and he's not really a guard and he's kind of just nothing. He was a third round pick. (laughs) So he uh, he doesn't have the intangibles to play center and he doesn't have the tangibles to play guard. Sure. You know, yeah, no, but whatever it is, however you want to put it, let's let's blame that on Adrian Clem since he's not around anymore. That's fine. You can blame it on whoever (laughs) you want. It's a horrible draft pick and the Steelers, if, if they honest to goodness, had an open competition between Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green at left guard. Think about what that says about Kevin Dotson. Now he improved, yeah. but he still has some boneheaded mistakes and, and brain farts, as I like to call it. But what I what I keep coming back to is if they could get a, a upgrade at left guard, and you have Kevin Dotson for one more year, you might get that guy whether it's a rookie or whether it is a veteran. You then have like an insurance policy in Kevin Dotson for this season as a backup at both guard positions, most likely. And then if he leaves after that year, you have that guard, you have that, those trenches, the trenches is where I wanted to focus on with these, with some of these top needs. And so that's why I'm going to go with left guard. That's also why I went left guard over left tackle, because even though a lot of people hate Dan Moore, I don't think he, I just don't think he's as bad as some people say he is. Uh, A lot of people will disagree with that. That's fine, but we're all entitled to our opinion. So Dave, any comments on that for you to number four? Um, I'll come back to it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, go ahead. What's your number four then? Because first I'm going to the number four. I'm once again sticking to the defensive side of the ball. Did you know you could put offense on these lists? Oh, I do. (laughs) But think about it. Look at the free agents that the Steelers have that they could lose on offense versus defense. The Steelers have almost all their offense intact. So to me... When you're just when you're looking at these things, you're looking at upgrades on offense. Where defense, you don't have your starters, and so saying that, you should already know what I'm saying for number four. I'm saying safety. Who's going to play with Mika Fitzpatrick? Both Terrell Edmonds and Demonte KZ. 
free agents. Trey Norwood, we've seen that he's does great when they play him in sub package, but when you have to call on him to do uh, every, every down uh, outside of his comfort zone, it's the, what you get quality wise is not nearly as good. So the Steelers have to answer that question at safety. And could it be bringing back both of those safeties? Absolutely. That's why I hope it is. I, I loved what they were doing. But you don't have those guys right now. You don't have a starting safety. I feel just like it was last year going into the 2022 draft. The Steelers didn't have a starting safety until they signed Pharrell Edmonds right before the draft. Less than a week before the draft started is, is when that happened, which, which was really nice because if not, you're like, wow, you just don't have that position at all. So I, I think that's a, it's a, it's a good team need because, once again, you, you just don't have it. No, this is where this gets a little tricky because I looked mm-hmm. at safety pretty hard. Uh, mm-hmm. when I did my list and I thought about this way, way more than I thought I was going to. And, uh, I was like, I, I don't see there's any way that they don't bring back one of the two free agents. So I left it off my list. So I'm not going to be talking about safety. I understand completely what you're saying. And maybe that's a hasty assumption on my part and that's fine, but I just left it off. I left it off. So let's go to my number four. It's one that you already had on your list and that is inside linebacker. And a lot of people like yourself, you had it as a top priority. My theory had, has always been that if you have a good defensive front, it will make any linebacker look better and they will perform better because you're going to keep offensive linemen from climbing to the second level. And I think back to those great teams of the early 2000s, even when you had Casey Hampton, you mentioned the defensive tackle slash nose tackle player who could eat up double teams you had uh, Aaron Smith was great at that as well. And it allowed a guy like Larry foot, who was not some extraordinary athlete to be able to run free, make tackles. He was a very, very great, very good tackler. I think that's why I have inside linebacker at four. They do need to address the position. I just don't think it's as it's a priority in my opinion, over the defensive front. If they have a dominant defensive front, they could potentially have Miles Jack, Robert Spillane back. They could bring in another free agent. Hell, they could probably even have Devin Bush, and he'd probably be able to make more plays considering that he'd be able to be free of those, those offensive linemen climbing to that second level. So on my number four, I went with what one you already had, inside linebacker. So you can comment on that, or you can go to number five. What do you think, Dave? Well, I talked about inside linebacker because it was my top one, but maybe I should just say that, that the reason – I'm basically looking at the Steelers roster right now and their depth chart where it sits right now. And if they had to play a game to start 2023 with this roster right now, you know, at least a defensive line, they could, they could have, they have Montrevious Adams. They have Marvin Leal. They have Isaiah Loudermilk. They have people that are under contract that, that could do it. I mean, seriously, if the Steelers were starting right now, had to play a game with the 2023 roster. You're talking about, about miles Jack and Mark Robinson. And that to me, that was just a little bit concerning. And that's why I went with what it did. But I agree. You also have to look at the quality of what you have there, which is, which leads into my number five. I look at all that. And, and based on what I said about the depth chart, you could say, Oh, well, is he going to come off and say something like fullback? Cause Derek Watts free agent now, nah, because technically you could have Connor Hayward play that he's under contract. I, I could look um, other places. I went 
like, like you did. And I wasn't going to go as specific, but I was going to say the left side of the offensive line. But if I have to pick between the two, I'm going to agree with you and go guard. But what I, I wouldn't mind if the Steelers got a player in the, at the first round of the draft that is someone that could play the left side of the offensive line whether it be guard or tackle, because there's actually a lot. There are some players that, that could do both. I'm not saying they had to get one that could do both. Sometimes it's a player that, you know, played guard in college, but you think you're going to be a tackle, or usually it's vice versa um, when, it, when it comes to looking those kind of things. But I'm, I'm even even looking at uh, at someone like a uh, like a Paris Johnson from Ohio State that played that played guard the year before, and then this past year played left tackle. But if I had to pick between the two of those positions, I would go left guard because the the problem with Kevin Dotson, like you said, he's got one less year left on his contract than Dan Moore Jr. It's to me, it's his inconsistency. Sometimes he has great games and sometimes he just kind of disappears and you're like, what are you doing? You know, uh, and just mentally doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have it with the, with you know, with a with a false start or downfield or things like that, so you, you just the consistency factor you sometimes have to worry about because you could say, well, that means he, he could have a pretty high ceiling, but you just don't see it all the time. If you look at the Steelers' offensive line right now, and I know a lot of people, it drives me nuts when they say, "Oh, Dan Moore's a turnstile" or something like that. You know what? Watch him every single play, rather than just the two or three he screws up in a game, and tell me that they're just rushing around him every time. Because that doesn't happen, and so, but I'm not saying that he's that he's great, and I'm not saying that the Steelers couldn't upgrade that position. But if I had to choose where I could only upgrade one of them, I'm going to go a one A left guard and one B left tackle. Like if we were doing six, that those would be my, my two. It would be guard and left guard and left tackle, mainly because of the upgrade factor. But also, when you look at the Steelers' offensive line, if you look at one one player who you feel could improve the most from this year to next year, I would say Dan Moore Jr. going from his second to his third year has the potential to do that. I'm not saying that he will, but uh, but those are both positions. But if I had to pick between the two, I guess I'll agree with you and go guard. Okay, yeah, and and I like that you threw in the caveat of there are some players that can do both. And if you have one of those players and maybe, maybe it is a draft pick and they say, you look, we hope we don't have to really use you too much this year, but he can sit in behind Kevin Dotson. If it's guard, if it's tackle, whatever. I, I like that approach. I really do. I'm going to go with number five and I'm going to do, you already hit, said this position, it's cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, the Steelers do need to address cornerback. I'm not sure which way they go. Uh, they haven't had the best success in the draft. They've had some Cameron Sutton is a good example of a success story of a Steeler cornerback who was drafted, who earned a second contract, a lot of unknowns, like you mentioned with Akella Witherspoon, William Jackson, the third, you know, I don't think they keep William Jackson around at that price point. Maybe they cut him, bring him back. Who knows? Um, he'd have to be willing to do that. We'll see. Uh, there's just a lot of, you know, Cam Sutton is obviously a free agent. What about, you know, like an Arthur Millette? I don't know if Arthur Millette's a free agent or not. He's, but... he's got another year left. Okay. He's so he's got free. another year. And then he's one of those guys that kind of found on the scrap heap and he actually played pretty well. So, uh, it, we'll, we'll see, but I've got cornerback there and you brought up if you were to and neither same... one of us mentioned James Pierre, True. you know, but these are also guys that are role guys rather than the guy. 
but you brought up the fact that if you were to have a sixth position, you would have it be left tackle. My mm-hmm. sixth position would have been as a pass, as a, a pass rusher. Um, I think gotcha. it would benefit them to bring in. I'd love for them to bring in a, a guy that not isn't a Melvin Ingram 2.0, but someone that has potential. But then again, right as I say that, the first thing that comes to mind is Malik Reed, who came to the Steelers. It didn't even register a sack, I don't think, and rarely ever got to the quarterback. It makes me very hesitant to to go that route in free agency. But you never know. Sometimes you can find those players that have a few years left that get that rotational piece there. Because when Melvin Ingram and TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith were healthy, watching those three rotate through and stay fresh, that was something. And I'd love for them to recreate that if they could, but that that's only if I had a six, we don't. So let me recap my top five and then Dave will do the same for you. Uh, number one, defensive tackle, number two, wide receiver, number three, left guard, number four, inside linebacker, and number five, cornerback. I love these lists because we didn't agree and I hate when we agree. So Dave, <laughs> that was my top five. What's yours? Okay. Also, just thought I'd bring it up. Uh, Malik Reed had one sack for the Steelers this year. All right. Okay. So it is inside linebackers one, defensive tackle slash nose tackle as two. You know, someone who could play both positions. Cornerback as three, safety as four, and I went with left guard as five. There you go. Very good. We will be having an article on behindthesteelcurtain.com today, Monday at eleven o'clock. So if you would like to check that out, if you want to comment on it, feel free. Uh, give us your top five, or you can hit us up on Twitter uh, as well. You'll see the, I'll tweet out the show and I'll tag Dave in it so you can get his extra long Twitter handle there. Uh, <laughs> let us know what your top five team needs are. We'd, be, we'd love to hear him. But Dave, in the meantime, let the listeners know what you have coming up, especially on the Stat Geek this week. Do you know yet? Stat Geek this week. Well, I've already got some interesting questions. I'm looking for questions for the offseason. Um, I've already had some of my nerds of steel step up and, and I got some from Twitter, got some an email. So I'm right now I'm trying to, to go through there. One thing I'll probably uh, be addressing this week is as I'm going to take a look at uh, as, as the NFL is in the postseason, teams that have the rematch in the playoffs specifically the Steelers, how they've done in the playoffs in the past uh, when, when they had a team they played earlier in the season and how it's gone in the NFL in the most in the last couple of years. So that's probably something I'll touch on. I'm always looking for more questions. I, I would rather much, you know, much rather look up stats from that people were wanting to know an answer to than me to think, oh, I wonder if people will be interested in this because it's so much easier to just already know what they're interested in. So I have that. And then on the website, uh, I've I'm starting uh, today with my exit interviews. I did that last year where I'm covering two players a day, a day in an article where kind of like how the, how the Steelers recap where they are and where they're going, how they would do to, to finish out the season. We're kind of doing that for these guys. We'll start off matching the rookies with players that are free agents. So we'll have one of each each day. So th- that's going to be coming uh starting today and you'll be getting those until we, till we run out of players. Um, and of course the infamous mock draft Monday is out today as well on the website. So that's what I have editorially. And, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm looking for good stat stuff to look up. So if you have anything, hit me up on Twitter. All right. So if you're a nerd out there, send him your nerd stuff <laughs> and, uh, he'll be sure to bring it up this off season. Dave, thank you for your time for my ride or die crew. Make sure on Tuesday, you're looking out for that tweet 
for the questions for the mailbag. Uh, we do that every week. All you gotta do is find my Twitter account. It's at J Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T. Look for the gift reply. I will answer it live on the show for the Wednesday podcast in the second half. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you know how we finished out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week. See you on Wednesday.